I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Jennifer Kayla Ruskin Podcast. I'm passionate about helping you create the relationship and sex life of your dreams. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, and conscious uncoupling. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a while, actually, episode 69, since you've had Scott here on, and Several times since we've had this podcast, I've said to him, we need to have a podcast together about being an amazing lover. And I'm sure Scott's going to turn red like 15 times during this episode, which is kind of part of it for me. Like the, is it the sadist, the, the masochist <laughs> yeah, well, that makes me enjoy, you, you enjoy watching your humiliation and uncomfortableness. Yeah, that's, that's very sadistic of you. So today we're calling this episode men how to be an amazing lover. And the reason that I thought it'd be fun to have Scott on because a, he's an amazing lover, but two, because we have so many times, probably more than we can even count run across couples or even been on a date with couples. This happened a few weeks ago where we hear kind of nonstop how one of the couple, one partner is not very good in bed or doesn't know how to turn the other person on or just wants to put his P in her V and that's it. And voila, we're done having sex. So of course the wife doesn't want to have sex with them. So I was thinking today that we could cover a few things. I've already kind of prepped you on. Plus whatever else you want to cover. So we can help men feel empowered and excited in the bedroom and, and like be able to take whatever action we're giving them tonight to their partner. I might I might preface by saying uh instead of instead of amazing I mean everybody's probably got a different idea of what makes yeah. an amazing lover. Um uh, I might say well how to be a, a mindful or a, yeah. a considerate lover. I like that. Or, or at least that that's what I I try to be. But let's break this down for a minute because I feel like if you, if we call this podcast Let's men, how to be a mindful lover. Well, They're going to be like, delete. Yeah, for a podcast title, what the fuck? It's, it's much more catchy. Why would I want to be mindful? How to be an amazing lover. Yeah. But truthfully, right. mindfulness is probably 90% of what we're going to talk about today. Just being, so let, I don't want to spoil it. Hmm. Do you want to say anything to kick this off before I start asking you questions? No, go for it. You're, okay. you're doing a great job. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, I want to say, I'm I'm so glad to be back here. I'm glad to be with you yeah. and I'm grateful to be invited back onto your your wonderful amazing podcast. <laughs> My mindful podcast. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you're back on and I know that the episodes that we've done together um you did Tinder trains us for disposability, human disposability. Yeah. That was I don't even remember what episode number that was, but that was a good one. And then we recorded episode 69 together because, of course, yeah. and here we are with our third. Here we are. Here we are. Still together. Still having fucking awesome sex. That's that's kind of you to say. The last time that we did the podcast on episode 69, we were also at kind of a high peak where we are right now, where we're like fucking every day. And so it's kind of nice to be back on where we're at the high, <laughs> doing it on the daily. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first question I want to ask you, Scott, yes, is how 
does a man know if he's any good at sex? Well, he, he knows because his partner or partners are letting him know. And he knows how to to read the responses of his of his partner. Um, you know, I think what we've seen is people who somehow managed to be together for years and I'll, I'll say one partner seems to be completely oblivious that the other partner uh, is not is not excited about them or even just doesn't really seem to enjoy physical contact with them. And uh, it's it's fascinating to me that one person could that, that two people could be together for so long. And for one to be to remain so totally unaware of of the other of the other person's feelings or or what their enjoyment is. Why do you think that the man is so unaware? Well, now I didn't say it was <laughs> it was the man. I know to, you didn't. To be fair, it seems like that's often the case. Yeah. And in, our in, podcast is for men today. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Well then, sure. Why is that? Why is that? Um, Why do men get so like stuck in their head that they don't realize that there's an entire body in front of them that is giving them signs and signals throughout the entire thing, as well as her mouth, because she's also saying things to indicate that she's not actually having a good time, yeah, or doesn't even want to be having sex. Well, I think it's this is a a, a very complicated question. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a question with a vast answer because of course this isn't just about sex this is about in general uh people being bad at communicating people not not knowing how to communicate to others not knowing how to articulate their feelings to others and people not being at all intuitive uh, about others or being capable of of understanding what the signals that other people are sending to them and i don't know if it's a matter you know of, for some people they just they just have a hard time like they're 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 not wired to pick up on that as well as others they don't have a, a natural uh attenuation for empathy and then i think a lot of people um just don't don't care it never occurs to them that this is an important thing to do that it's that it's important to be able to read another person to be able to read a partner or read read people in general so this is a great a great point and so i wonder how if a man is listening and he's like okay i don't even know how to feel my partner like i literally don't even know what she's feeling which apparently happens a lot a lot so let's just assume a lot of the men that are listening are in this boat. How can they learn to start attuning themselves to even their own bodies, to another person's body, and then to their partner's body? Uh, well, for one, they have to actually want to. They have to uh, internalize the notion that this is an important thing, that it's it's valuable and it's important to be able to understand other people and to make them 
to make them feel heard and make them feel received. And if you don't have a natural inclination toward that, I I don't know what I don't know what to tell you because I don't think it's I don't think it's something that can easily be forced. Um, that's that's a great question. Other than you you recognize you know maybe you've got somebody that's important to you you've got a, a wife or a girlfriend or just friends or maybe you just recognize the value in being able to connect with other people and being able to form meaningful communications and relationships with them and that means you need to be able to understand them you need to be, be able to empathize with them you need to be able to to put to put your mind into their into their shoes and understand what they're feeling or have an interest in what they're feeling and what they're trying to say to you, whether they're saying it to you through words or through uh, body language, through facial cues, through the pace of their breath or just, you know, subtle motions um, and, and recognize what, what they're actually wanting and what they're actually feeling and, and a lot of times that doesn't necessarily line up with the things they're saying because people will say what they think you want to hear, what they think they're supposed to say, but their their body may be saying something completely different. So let's lean more into that. If you don't have empathy and you don't know how to feel other people, that feels like you need should go figure that out. Like take a course, hire a coach, do something to begin to learn how to feel not only other people's bodies, but your own body and moving forward. So as we're moving into this, let's assume that the men that are listening give a fuck because they're still listening up to this point sure. and they want, they truly want to be a good lover. How could they maybe be misconstruing what their, let's just say wife or partner is doing, thinking like, oh, I must be a good lover, but she's giving all these other hints and clues verbally as well as non-verbally that you're actually not very good and I really don't want to be doing this. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, I think a part of it is, um, like there are a lot of trends and there are a lot of there are peer or cultural pressures i'll i'll use the term the the whole daddy thing as an example like uh women saying yes daddy it's almost like women have been uh conditioned or trained that the, there are things I'm supposed to say when I'm having sex, whether I'm actually feeling it or not, whether I'm actually feeling a positive response. Maybe they're saying these things to try to psych themselves into believing they're having a great time. But, the, you know, the whole yes, daddy thing. Yes, daddy. And they say this because that's that's what uh, the trend is. That's what they've been trained to say by everybody on FetLife or the porn video they're watching or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then this hapless guy is like, oh, yeah, she called me daddy. She must really be into it. Where, well, neither of them are actually having a great time. Like, neither of them are, at, or or maybe maybe his notion of a great time is, oh, well, there's, I feel friction on my cock and I'm going to be able to come from this. And that's like, that That meets the baseline for, mm. for great sex. He's doing a great job because he's ramming it in there. Jesus. 
Hey there, I'd love to tell you about my Patreon account. So as many of you know, as things become more and more censored, it's harder for content creators like us to stay live on these amazing platforms like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So what I've done is our spicier content now lives over on Patreon. We currently have some really fun episodes up, like how to give amazing blowjobs. I also just recorded and uploaded my night in a dungeon with a dominatrix. What can you expect? Weekly episodes and weekly content, some of it being sex ed, some of it being story and erotic telling, like I just did with my night in the dungeon, some of it being more podcasting where we have a guest on. So for an entry price right now of $5 per month, you can hop into my Patreon account and check it out. Check the show notes below for more information. Hope to see you there. Bye. So, so if you're a man and you're hearing these words, maybe they're, you know, super hot right now out in the industry, or you, you heard these things on porn and all of a sudden you're putting two and two together that you're your person is saying those same we're, things. We're going through the motions to indicate emotions. hot sex. Exactly. It feels like the man could hold some space for his partner and say, maybe this is not during sex, but maybe it's before or it's after, or it's a separate conversation with clothes on that you can say, like, babe, I really truly want to be a good lover for you. Mm. And so I want to, I want to say, I really want you to be honest. I want you to be honest in the, the sounds that you're making and the words that you're saying to me during sex and the emotion that you're putting forth. I want you to be really honest when you like something, because I don't know if you're just saying, Oh daddy and making no sex noises. I don't know if you really like it or not. And I'm going to do the same thing for you. I'm going to show up and I'm going to verbalize as well when something feels really good. And maybe we can like practice this together <laughs> because I'm, I'm feeling that I could level up what I'm doing with you in bed. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind there is this is assuming that these people even have the sort of uh, relationship or engagement where they sit down and have conversations because plenty of people are like for plenty of people it's a far less intimate thing to have somebody come over and fuck you mm -hmm. versus actually sitting down and having a conversation with them and there are plenty of people who their only interaction with with the other person is, is they come over and they go through the sex routine and they don't actually have any conversation or like that, that that's, that's weird and icky. The idea of, of sitting down and having an actual, uh, sincere, honest communication. Um, so if they're, if these are two people who are at the point where they can even actually talk with each other, like as humans and not as sex objects, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, 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 a big improvement there um and and then if they are having that conversation mm -hmm. i would hope that they're not just confining it to sex i hope i would hope that because, because i think i think something that makes for for really great sex is is understanding something about that person that uh that isn't overtly sexual but that that attracts you to them that makes you find them desirable and and it makes the 
the the aspects of them that, that are sexually appealing all the more irresistible and so if you know something about like well just who is this but how does this person think what what are the things that drive this person if like understanding that understanding something about their character uh makes it so much more uh natural and intuitive to engage with them on okay now when we're you know when we're sharing intimacy or just really trying to turn each other on like what are the kinds of things that speak to us and what are the things that that drive us and like i've 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 made it clear to you that you can feel comfortable and you can feel accepted expressing who you are to me mm -hmm. and along with that you can definitely feel comfortable expressing like your your sexual desires or your intimacy desires with me mm -hmm. and then I can do the same for you yeah you have to have this space of security within your relationship and this comfortability I think and this feeling again the word safe like safe to be me safe to fully show up I do want to cover before we move on to the next question some really basic ways that you can know if your your partner really truly isn't into it. So some things that we've noticed lately is we had one partner tell us, I just never feel desire anymore. Like I I don't know how to be turned on. I just don't even know. Don't even know. Which clearly means he doesn't know either because he's not turning her on. Um, she also said one one other woman told us, um, I can't ever reach orgasm. So the way that he's touching her is in such a aggressive, non-compassionate, non-caring way that he just wants to stick his penis inside of her. So she's never reaching orgasm. He's not taking the time to learn her body and warm it up. Some other instances that we've also seen, if you're okay, if I move on, did you well, want to talk about well, that? I want to speak to that because, you know, there's a difference between I never reach orgasm because he just keeps doing this inept fumbling yeah. versus he's trying we're just not quite you know matching up the right way yeah um because again this goes back to you know the couple that's together for 20 years and they're still you know the, the guy's never making his wife come is it is it because he's just he, he's trying but he's just never quite getting it right for 20 years or is he gone <laughs> for 20 years without even giving a shit enough to to try and understand yeah and make an effort but sorry keep keep going well the last thing that i was just going to say that we've actually witnessed and been a part of is where maybe this is some of what you're referring to is is you're right partners that have been together for a really long time and then not even realizing or recognizing that the person that they're fucking right there is completely and totally not into it or she's yeah. telling him, I don't want to have sex. I don't, I'm not feeling it. Or this environment isn't working for me. Or I'm just like, it's not a great time throughout my month or whatever it is. And him just being completely fucking clueless. So I think like you're getting verbal cues and you're getting physical cues that are telling you, you're not turning me on. Mm -hmm. You don't, your woman doesn't have to say you're a terrible lover. I fucking hate having sex with you. And she's probably not going to tell you that. Instead, sure. she's going to give you all these other cues. Yeah. Or she's going to say something like, well, I don't really like the being touched or I don't really like when he touches me. I'm yeah. just not a touch person. It's like, 
are you really not a touch person or have you just like been with somebody who's never tried to figure out how you like to be touched? Yeah. Cause I don't, I've met a lot of people and uh, very like uh, aside from a, a, a tiny minority who may have some sort of a, a, a traumatic experience in their past, just about everybody. I mean, that's, that's like wired into your physics. That's mm -hmm. a mammal need mm -hmm. is to be touched and to, and to feel affectionate touch. And so I'm, I'm very skeptical when somebody says, well, I don't really like being touched. So our first point was how to know if you're any good at sex. And I think we fully thoroughly covered that. The second question for you would be, okay, Scott, I've realized I might be kind of shitty in bed or I could totally level up my game. How do I learn more about being a better lover? Hmm. Um, well, there are some basics. Uh, boy, that's a... Uh, I mean, understand, A, understand how a body, a, a woman or a man's body works. Um, B, maybe, well, I could say, you know, there are books. Like, I I read a book uh, when I was, I don't know, like 20 yeah. or 21. Before I'd ever even been with a woman, I read a book uh, called She Comes First. Um, that somebody recommended to me and it just it talks about it, it talked about like you know <laughs> uh like how the 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 parts of the of the vulva and how different parts of the vulva respond to different types of uh of stimulation and like you know like which parts are more sensitive and which parts you need to be a little more forceful with and um things that may seem hot but they actually shouldn't do to a to a vagina anyway that's so books are are one resource you know knowing a little bit about anatomy but but also like on the job training yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you and I have talked about this so many times over the last year and a half that we've been together. I'm like, how are you so fucking good? Did you like take a class? Did you study under some guru? And he's like, no, I just pay attention. I I think that I I, I would say I, I was tempted to say, well, look at people who if, if you if you have the opportunity, observe other people who are who are great lovers or who or who seem to have an incredibly uh, erotic and sensual nature. Now, I don't want that to be interpreted as, oh, I'm going to go watch a bunch of porn and do it like the people do it in porn, because that's terrible uh, for the most part. Um, but I really, I, I can only speak for myself. I've always had a, a fascination with sensuality you know and i don't i mean i don't know how much you've talked about us on this podcast but i'm not i'm not like the my affinity is not really for like just really rough and hard ramming stuff in um 
And so being interested in sensuality, I've picked up a lot on on watching other things, watching uh, media, watching films where where you know there is uh, an intensely sensual or erotic scene and and kind of tucking that away. There was a movie we watched that you hated uh, <laughs> called Mulholland Drive. And in that movie, it's a it's a movie about uh, it's like a, a Hollywood uh, love slash bizarre dream story, like surreal nightmare story. But in this movie, there's this there's this uh, like hipster director, and he's he's kind of a su- seductress, and he's he's not like you know a big uh, brutish dommy guy. He's like kind of this like almost little twerp but um but he's also uh uh has this alluring presence to to a couple of the women in the film and one thing he's doing is he in a part in the movie he's he's trying to show a, a male actor how to perform this love scene this kiss just a kiss with this woman uh with the with the female actress and um and he sits down next to her in this car and he's showing, you know, he's, he's, he's telling the, the young actor to watch him. And he's, he's showing how instead of like, you know, making a kind of a jerky motion or an aggressive motion to kiss her, to just, he takes his hand and he sets it against the side of her face and almost just guides her mouth toward his and lets his lips meet her and it's all one fluid motion one continuous motion and again i saw this like i saw this movie like two years before i lost my virginity (laughs) two or three years before i lost my virginity but i thought well that's that away i've got to i've got to remember that because that's yeah that makes sense because there is something there's something seductive about the flow of water Mm. or uh, just just a fluid moving over curved surfaces mm. and and that's I mean it's it's like a it's like an obscure esoteric thing but it but it stuck with me it resonated with me and so uh, this has been a, a very like long-winded meandering <laughs> answer to your question but hey I think it depends on your personal style and what speaks to you um, but B also being what what how can you become a better lover um again just paying attention to what you're doing and and paying attention to your partner's response to everything you're doing every little thing every every subtle touch you know the amount of pressure you you use when you're when you're touching her where you're or him where you're touching your partner Mm -hmm. the pace of their breath the the subtle shifts of of motion um the the noises they make and you can learn to tell the difference between the noise they make that's like routine Mm -hmm. like oh oh baby versus oh like that kind of uncontrolled (laughs) whimper yeah you know oh daddy versus ah because there's a there's a very important difference there but you've got to be you you've got to pay attention pay attention you've got to want to recognize it and you and you've also got to set your ego aside and set aside um 
the inclination, the temptation to think, oh, well, she said the words, I've done my job, let's move on, and realize, oh, well, she said the words, but I can tell she didn't really mean it, so I'm going to figure out what what I need to actually do here to get, you know, the real moans out mm -hmm. of the, the real uncontrolled, just, uh, you know, you know what I mean? I know what I mean. Well, it's interesting because the next question I, I had written down for you is how do you know if she's enjoying what you're doing, but you've already said that. So I want to move on to how do you make her come and how many orgasms is enough before you stop? <laughs> How do I make, well, I mean, how do you make her, that's different for everybody. Well, I know, I, I wrote it down though, for some reason, like, I thought you, you were going to have an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> how do you learn, learn, how do you make learn her come, body. learn what makes her come? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I feel like I had a pretty good experience with this, like the last time that we were with our girlfriend mm -hmm. and typically Scott handles downstairs and I handle upstairs but I was like let's trade I want to take a crack at this like I wanted to make her come and so I started with my fingers and I start and I was like trying to think like Scott I'm like okay how can I tell if she's really into this or like how can I like I know what my own vagina wants like how do I do this on her too and I I couldn't quite get the rhythm and then you were doing all kinds of crazy shit up the top of her head and I was like okay I'm gonna have to bring in the big dogs so I like reached for the magic wand and I just I started thinking like how would I want to grind on this how would I want this use to make me come huh. and I just kind of found my rhythm with it and found like what was this rocking motion with my hand and it was so yummy and then she came so hard and I know it wasn't just me because you were also doing things at the top but I feel like I got to experience that, that that's, paying that's attention, thing. listening. When you get into that rhythm, like you can feel, like you can feel, it's almost like an energy where you can feel that, well, what I'm doing feels a little awkward. Yeah. And it's not really getting her there versus, oh, this, okay, I can tell we're in a groove here. This is really working and I'm going to keep uh, riding this out. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. <laughs> well, the other part too to my question was like, how do you know how many orgasms is enough? And I think most men are like, one is enough. Great. I reached one. We're, we're done. Or, um, if I manage to give her two, it's a good day. And maybe this is also dependent upon who you're with. Well, of course. So do you want to answer that? So you're, you're like an, kind of a, an anomaly because, uh, you'll, once you once you like hit that hit that peak um it's pretty easy for you to to just like just keep pulling them out of you yeah like one once you once you cross that cross over that threshold you know they'll, they'll just keep coming whereas some women uh that's unheard of for i mean you've talked with women who like look at you like you're a fucking alien when you say oh well i, I come four or five times. or ten times yeah. um so like how do you know how many times is enough you, you know you described it when we when we first started seeing each other you would say oh okay my cup is full mm -hmm. or i'm i am totally sated mm -hmm. uh i would say do it until until 
it's clear that like they're just they're in sleep mode now like they're mm-hmm. like i wouldn't i would feel disappointed with myself if it's like oh okay i got you off once and you're you know your pussy's still just humming and mm-hmm. i'm like okay well let's go you know make let's go coffee. take a shower let's get, <laughs> go make coffee and then you're like okay i'll be there in a minute and then you yeah, know, get out mr yellow or something like that would be i would feel disappointed in myself <laughs> um so how many times is an, an, is enough well let's how, how what's your standard like for yourself like how how many times does your partner how much pleasure does your partner need to feel before you're satisfied with yourself and and with your with your um effort and your ability as as a lover and as a person who hopefully appreciates what they're sharing with you and do you want to tell them okay well that's worth you know one one orgasm (laughs) or it's worth until you're just totally sated Mm -hmm. the last question i have for you and i feel like this whole thing has kind of wrapped this up is like how to be craveable how to how to make your woman want to have sex with you and i think a lot of that is just described here like when you're listening to her body and you're responding to her body and you're giving her the orgasms and you're filling her cup to the point where she's completely sated she wants more of you she's going to want it to me it's like a trained thing it's sorry you trying to get the notes no i was just looking at the time oh. um for me it's a it's almost like when you train a dog like you do this thing and you get a treat and you do this thing and you get a treat for me it's the more that we have this really connective yummy sex the more i crave you like i reach for you every day i want us to have sex every day and if you're listening to this and your wife is not doing that then like make some adjustment adjustments figure out how can you make it so worth her while that she wants to get naked for you as often as you want her to get naked for you well and i think that you know i think this is another very expansive question because are we talking about people that have been together for a while are we talking about you know somebody that you're just starting to connect with and you're and you're trying to figure out how do I make this person want me um versus you haven't it's it's not even with somebody that you you you've actually engaged with it's how do I just in general make myself somebody that people are attracted to or that people desire um so that that feels like a whole nother podcast yeah how to be craveable with Scott Uh, and Jen uh, again I'm not gonna presume (laughs) But you and I have had this conversation quite often, right? Like you don't just ask to touch a woman's boobs. You make a woman want you. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop this here, or this is going to be another 30 minute conversation about how to be craveable. And I'll make sure and have Scott come back on and we'll have this conversation. Okay. Good. So, well, so to touch on your question then, Uh like, uh, I mean, because it is a great question and I think it's, so we've been together for, we're moving toward two years now Mm -hmm. and we still crave each other yeah which i think is wonderful and um whereas uh, we've met a lot of people or i've known a lot of people who 
they get together and they have, you know, that honeymoon period, they have, you know, a few months where they really just uh, are insatiable for each other. Mm -hmm. And then they like quickly devolve into the just roommate situation. Um, I think a big part of it for us, and I may have, may have spoken about this the last time we did the, one of these, but a big part of it is we're still very honest with each other. We're, we're honest in our communication, not just in what we want from each other, but about who we are. Um, and we appreciate each other. We like, we know what we desire about each other and we keep demonstrating those traits that we find desirable in each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think, it, I think it just deepens our appreciation for each, for each other over time. Um, it's, you know, there were, there were, there were times when we were both, I guess, kind of, kind of getting maybe wrapped up a little more than we should have in this notion of, Ooh, we need to find, you know, we're open. We need to find somebody to play with. We need to find somebody. We need to figure out how to make a date work with this new hot person. And um, I'm glad that we've gotten to a point where, you know, none of that, the prospect of bringing other people in is not nearly as appealing to us mm -hmm. as just being with each other. Mm -hmm. And I, I would hope that for the sake of just from, just from what I've observed from a lot of couples in this open or E&M scene, I would, I would hope that they figure out how to, how to make that a priority that their relationship together is always much more desirable than the prospect of being with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then maybe you need to figure out why or reevaluate that you're keeping each other in a relationship that, that you don't, aren't both in love with. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love Thanks you. For, I love you too. Thank Thanks you for, for bringing me on again. This was fun. <laughs> okay, guys, I hope that you found this helpful. I am also going to link below the other two episodes that we did together, as well as the episode that I did on aftercare, which is super yummy. That's a great one to bring in. Um, and we'll see you next time. And we want to hear from you. Do you guys like this? Do you want us to dig into anything further? Do you want Scott to come back and have a conversation about um, how to be craveable? That sounds super fun to me. Let us know. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Did you know that I do online coaching? Yes, I do online coaching in the sex and relationship space. Some of the topics that are near and dear to my heart are open relationships. So that includes polyamory, swinging, or what we call the lifestyle. I also love conversations around online dating. We're talking Bumble, Tinder, Field, and more. And then the last thing that is really passionate and close to my heart is conscious uncoupling. That means we get to break up with people with love and respect, with dignity and hope. We get to create a life for our children that gets to be a little bit different. We can do things better than we have in the past. So if any of these topics 
sound interesting to you and you'd love to get some coaching from me, check out the link in the show notes or the link in my bio for more information on coaching with Jen. 